when people come in, they can come in with all their faults and be a collection of the broken and uh, see life change. Isn't that awesome? I'll tell you what, if you, if you see Kurt today, you better give him a handshake, pat in the back, and, and tell him how great it is to be a broken person right with him, will you? Um, it's because of that truth that we're in a series here about resolves. Uh, resolves that we just need to have in our life if we're really going to be sold out uh, Christ followers. And um, today is uh, just vital to us. Uh, it is that resolve that says we're, ju- we're just going to resolve ourselves uh, to show compassion. And, and I want to be clear today. Um, I, I don't want to talk about just you know the, the compassion that that you know you kind of struggle with when you're walking down the street and there's the guy with the you know, shaking the cup, waiting for you to throw some dollar bills in there or something. I, I mean, I know that compassion is valuable and important, but I, that's not what I'm talking about today. Uh, and I think what, what the Scripture is going to confront us with today is something far more significant than that. Uh, that th- This is a resolve um, that goes to just our, our everyday. It, it goes to our everyday attitude, uh, our everyday character uh, as, as a Christ follower. And I don't think we can understand what it means to be the person God wants us to be and, and to be that, that resolved, compassionate Christ follower unless we first meet that in person. I mean, that, that, we, that we meet that for ourselves uh, in person. And we can do that. If we go to uh, Psalm 103, uh, the psalmist describes the person and the character uh, of God. He says... The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in love. Now, how do you know that? Well, somewhere along the way, I have to believe that he discovered that because he he somehow met God in person. And, And if the psalmist didn't meet him, we know that we can go back to Exodus 34 and go to the experience where Moses met God in person. If you go to Exodus 34, it says, The Lord came down in the cloud and uh, stood there with Moses and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, now look at this, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. You see how Moses has a personal interaction with the character of who God is. You see, if, if, you, if you understand who God is, if, if you have this, this personal interaction with the character of God, and, and, and you get how compassionate God has already been toward you, then you'll understand why you need to just resolve to be equally compassionate. Lamentations says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Do you notice that the writer of Lamentations assumes that we ought to be consumed? Do you see that in that verse? He assumes we ought to be consumed. And we know that's true. If we're, if we're boldly honest 
with ourselves. If we're frankly honest with ourselves, we can see our own faults. We can see our own failures. We can see the number of times that we just haven't been the person that God would choose us to be. The number of times when we have chosen our own way and, and not followed God's way. The number of times that we have been like Kurt and, and just been selfish. Did you hear him say that? Just selfish. And we deserved, we deserved to be consumed by the guilt, by the frustration, by the disappointment, by the rejection, by everything that goes along with all those failures. And yet, Lamentations would have us see it's not because of us, but because of who God is. If you have this personal interaction, to understand how consuming God's compassion is. Remember, he says here, his compassion never fails. His compassions never fail. All the times we fail, the repeated times we fail, the repeated times we don't get it right and we fail, yet what happens? God's compassions never fail. They will never fail. This is the incredible awareness that allows us to simply resolve and say, listen, because this is who God is, and because this is who God is and has been in my life, because His compassions never fail in my life, then I resolve. I resolve that every new morning I'm going to take on the character of God and be compassionate. That every new morning, just like God looks at me every new day, just like God's attitude toward me is every new day, I resolve every new day to be compassionate. To have a character and an attitude that leads with compassion. You see, we always know about the failure stuff. We always know about the fault stuff. And, and this is good news to us because it means if you walk in the door here at Christ Church and, and you walk in feeling all that stuff, if you walk in feeling all the failures, if you walk in and you, and you feel like God's distant from you and life just isn't going the way it's supposed to go, and, and you walk in knowing all the mistakes that you've made, this is an absolute new day. This is a new day. And I can tell you, God's compassion for you, it will not fail today. It will not fail today. And He will offer you in this moment and this time the opportunity to say, Jesus Christ, I need you personally. I need everything you achieve for me because I can't do it myself. And I'm tired and worn out of being selfish. Did you hear in Kurt's story how he came and he was willing and able to just confess it all? And what was his response? And the burden was lifted. So that's the promise. That's the character of God's compassion that is renewed every single day. And it is the attitude of compassion that God has for each one of us every new day. You see it in Matthew 9, uh, in Jesus' ministry, in that personal ministry when he came into the world. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease 
and sickness. Now that, that's just like a real great summation, right? What, what, what you don't hear is that this is in Matthew 9 and everything that's happened just before uh, that statement. What happened just before that statement is Jesus just cast out two demons from some demon-possessed man. He just got done healing a paralytic. He just got done turning Matthew's life around the tax collector. He just got done bringing a young girl back to life because her father was captured in sorrow. He just healed two blind men, and he just made somebody who couldn't speak from birth able to speak and shout the glories of God. And all that is captured in that little phrase. And why did he do it? Why did he do that? Why, why would he do that in your life, in my life, every new day? It says in 36, when he saw the crowds, he had what? Wow, huh? When he saw the crowd, <laughs> he has compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. If you go to the uh, Amplified Version, it, it picks up what that, that, that uh, harassed and helpless looks like. It says, because they were bewildered, harassed, and distressed, and dejected, and helpless. Are you in the room? Amen? You see, he looks at you right now. The same way he looked at them right there. And he sees not your faults and not your failures. He sees what you can become in Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? You see, it's so easy for us to do exactly the opposite. To look at people and see their faults. To look at people and see how far away from God they are and how useless they are and how worthless they are. To look at people and see how they've not lived the kind of life anybody ought to be living. But Jesus looks at us and sees what we can become because he looks with eyes of compassion at the right place. When Samuel the prophet went to find a new king for Israel, he got a great discovery as he talked with God about who he should choose and it says, the Lord does not look at the things of man like man looks. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks where? Somewhere else. He doesn't look in the same place that we're tempted to look at people. He looks at the new life you can have. He looks at the possibilities if you get life back in the right place. He looks beyond the faults, beyond the failures. He looks through the cross that he poured his blood out on and says, I drove a stake in the ground right here on that hill in Calvary so that your life can be absolutely different and new every day because of his character and compassion. Simon, Simon, he gives us the example of how easy it is to look differently. This is the experience when Jesus is at Simon's house and while Jesus is at Simon's house, this woman comes in. And she comes in with this ointment she, and perfume. And she starts lavishing it all over Jesus. And she takes her hair and she starts 
washing his feet with her hair, wiping his feet with her hair. And Simon, Simon the host, looks at her and says, what is up with this woman? She has no business being in my house. She's a total interruption to what we're doing here. And besides that, she is touching Jesus in the wrong ways. She's expressing herself totally inappropriately. Simon looks at her and sees only what she is in her brokenness. Jesus looks at her. Jesus looks at her and says, Simon, got to change your view. Got to change your view. What she's doing is a great thing. And people will talk about it for generations. You see, that's the result. The resolve for us this morning is if, if we're going to be Christ followers who are really sold out, we've got to be ready to change our view. The way we see things, the way we see people. We've got to change and get that perception, that view that looks at people differently the same way Jesus looks at people and says, listen, we're, we're not, we're not going to look at just your faults, look at just your failures. We're going to look beyond them and see what your life can become when you have that personal interaction with Jesus. Matthew 14, Jesus tries to get some time for himself. It says he heard what had happened. He withdrew by boat to a private, to a solitary place when John was killed. It says, hearing this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. Look at verse 14. When Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd. He had compassion on them and he healed their sick. Jesus wants to just get away for a little while and he can't even get away for a little while. Can you, what would have been on your mind right in that moment if you were Jesus? I mean, wouldn't it be so easy to just look at those people with all the sickness and all the faults and all the failures and just say, give me a break. Can't you give me a little alone time? I just need a little downtime. Can't you just handle it for yourself for a little while? And yet Jesus gets out of the boat and he sees them with those same eyes. And he has compassion, and he gets engaged in their life, and he brings them to a new place. His compassions renew them every single day. We need to change our eyes. We need to change our eyes. Now, I, I want to warn you. If you receive the word this morning, and you're ready to resolve this, it's not a quick thing. It's not an easy and a pleasant thing. Because it means if you resolve to have this character compassion, this viewpoint that sees what people can become in Christ Jesus, then you've got to be ready to get close. And you've got to get close to their sickness. We see it in uh, Jesus in Mark 1. It says there was a man with leprosy. What did he have? Whoa, leprosy? Did you say Leprosy? Now, wait a minute. We all know the rules about leprosy, right? I mean, what are the rules about leprosy? Well, that's easy. Lepers are outcasts. You, you, you don't want anything to do with lepers. They're outcasts from the community. they got to go off in their own place. In fact, if they're walking around anywhere, if they get within 10 or 20 feet, they got to shout out and say, Lepers, stay away. And the bottom line is, if by mistake, if by accident, you happen to get close to them, whatever you do, do not touch them. 
It's so easy to look at other people and see their leprosy. And yet, look what Jesus did. Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man and said, I'm willing. This is incredible. Resolved compassion is willing to touch people in their sickness. I don't just mean their physical sickness. It's willing to touch them in their failures. You see, real compassion, biblical compassion, doesn't gloss over their failures. It doesn't ignore the failures like they never happened. It reaches out and it touches them in their failures, in their guilt, in their weakness. When Kurt came into my office and we talked about his life, he, he willingly knew all the stuff and the failures. I didn't have to guilt him about it. All I had to do was say, let's talk about it. Let's touch it. And by the time it was done, did you hear what he said? By the time it was done, my burden was relieved. Because we touched it. That's compassion. And we can see it with Jesus exercising again in Luke 7. There's a woman that's lost her son. And the funeral's taken place. The pallbearers are walking through town. The dead body is on the, the funeral buyer, right? And Jesus stops them. And the pallbearers stand still. And Jesus is moved by compassion. And he reaches out and he touches the dead person. You know that rule too, right? Don't do that. You're unclean if you do that. But he's willing to touch them right in the hurt, right in the failure, right in the weakness. Because he sees beyond the weakness. This is compassion. Compassion that sees beyond the weakness and is willing to enter into the faults and the failures and the guilt and the anguish. And James invites us to do just that. Think about this. James says, if any of you are in trouble, yeah, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Now look at this. Is any of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. What's James saying? If somebody's sick, somebody needs to go and touch them in their sickness. We get a group of folks here at Christ Church to do that, by the way. They're, they're out in the atrium. Go talk to them. Who go visit people in the hospital. Who go visit folks that are shut in. Who are willing to go out there and just, just visit them and, and touch their lives where they are. But resolved compassion. Resolved compassion is ready to get engaged in people's lives. Even in their sickness. Even in their fault. Even in their failure. Because you see the possibility of what they can become in Christ. And i got to warn you, that's not easy stuff. And it takes time. It's not easy, and it takes time. Jesus has a group of people with him. He says they've been there for three days, and they don't have anything to eat. He says, I don't want to send them away hungry, or they may collapse on the way. Why is he saying all this? Because he has compassion on these people. He spent time with them. He spent three days with them. You, you remember when Jesus started his ministry and he went out in the wilderness and he fasted for how long? Forty days, forty nights. It means he knows how hungry you are after three days. 
And he spent time with these people, and he had compassion on them and says, no way, I can't let them just go. I can't let them just go. I need to exercise compassion and do something about it. That's resolved compassion. Resolved compassion gets involved in the, in the weakness, and resolved compassion is willing to spend the time. Spend the time. Because you value that person more than your own time. You see the opportunity of what God can do in their life. And so you make yourself available. This experience in Matthew 20, Jesus is walking along the road. He's leaving Jericho. He's got a large crowd of people. Is there a lot of people there that he could focus on? Absolutely. There's two blind men that are sitting by the roadside. While they're there and Jesus is going by, they start shouting, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Now look at verse 31. The crowd rebuked the blind guys and told them to be quiet. What's the attitude of the crowd? Not compassion. Right? The attitude of the crowd is, don't bother the guy. Be unnoticed. And yet by the time you get down to verse 32, it says, Jesus stopped. And he called them. Jesus stopped. What was he willing to do? He was willing to stop the busyness of his life and pay attention so that he could exercise compassion. It's right there. Verse 34. Jesus had what? Compassion. He's willing to be available. When you resolve to have this kind of compassion, you've got to be ready to be available. You've got to be ready to spend the time. And you've got to be ready to enter into the sickness and the weakness and the hurt and the failure. But you do it because you've already experienced a new morning in your own life and the compassion that Jesus has already exercised. Matthew 11, it says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, and I will cause you rest. This is what we bring. This is what we bring. We have this incredible opportunity to bring this into people's lives. And that's why the, the, the leadership at Christ Church, we are absolutely resolved at this church that anybody can walk through those doors. And everybody that walks through those doors will hear how Jesus Christ can make their life different in spite of their faults and in spite of their failures. We're, we're not going to ignore the weakness. We're going to ignore the sickness in their life. But we're going to tell them it's a new day. And because it's a new day, their life can be different. You heard one person named Kurt walk through a door on a Sunday. And you heard his life is different. His life is different. Because Christ Church is absolutely resolved to be a place for broken people. You know what that means? If you feel like you're a perfect person, there's another church down the road. We're here for broken people. Because broken people, they understand compassion. And they exercise compassion. Because they're absolutely, utterly resolved. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We want to be broken people. We know we're not perfect. We know we fail. We know we have faults. But we know that you have a great dream for us. We know you have a purpose for us. And, and we want to be your people. 
renewed every day in Jesus Christ, experiencing that compassion every day in Jesus Christ. And because of that compassion that we know personally, we're willing to be resolved, to enter into people's lives however long it takes, to enter into the, the struggle that they face, however hard it is and deep it is and wide it is, to be resolved to tell them that it's a new day and be available to them on whatever day and whatever opportunity so that they can come to know a new life in Jesus Christ. Father, keep us resolved to be that kind of place and that kind of people. We ask it in Jesus' name.